Chapter 5 Time to Switch In a relatively short period of time, things started to heat up between me and my cellmate. He started to become erratic and, quite frankly, very irritating to me. It reached a point where he started punching the wall from the top of his bunk bed saying that I was making too much noise in the middle of the night because of my pacing back and forth while he was trying to sleep. I was pacing, but I thought I was being quiet about it. He even threatened to attack me in the middle of the night if I continued to make noise. I had to draw the line with him after his threats. I said, listen man, we all have our problems, okay? I don't need you to try to push yours onto me. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to what I have to say, and I feel like I'm doing the same for you as well. I told him that his behavior towards me was unnecessary and uncalled for. The energy in the cell became extremely tense. At this point, he came down from his bunk bed and stood right in front of my face, essentially flexed and was like, what are you going to do about it, in so many words. It took every ounce of patience I had in my body to hold me back from throwing the first punch. I realized the situation I was in was not in my favor, especially if I threw the first punch. That is the last thing I needed. Something like this would make my situation even more complicated. Somehow I felt like he also thought along the same lines because right after the stare down, we reacted the same way and walked over to the intercom button. He pressed the button and someone responded shortly after. My cellmate started speaking very frantically to a person on the other end of the intercom. I honestly couldn't keep up with what was being said. From all I know, he could have said that I was the one causing the issues. Whatever was said prompted a rapid response because a few minutes later, a security guard showed up and opened the cell door. We immediately both started talking at the same time to the security guard. Clearly, that wasn't a good approach. The guard took a step back and told us to calm down and speak one at a time. My cellmate started speaking again immediately, and in so many words said that I was annoying him and causing the situation to be more difficult. I responded in turn saying that I felt as if he was trying to take out his problems on me and that I was not in the right state of mind to continue to share a cell with him because things could get ugly and that since both of us are trying to do the best thing, it would be better if we got separated. After careful consideration, or at least what appeared to be careful consideration, or it could have been protocol, the guard walked over to another guard who was standing by to support the situation. They had a brief discussion and communicated further with some other people through their radios, and after a few minutes going back and forth, they walked to another cell diagonally opposite of the one we were in, opened the cell door, and started talking to one of the cellmates in there. From the looks of things, there seemed to be some sort of agreement that was reached because the guard returned and asked me to grab my things from the cell because I was going to be switching cells. I felt a slight weight lift off my shoulders. It's time to switch. I quickly gathered my things, including the entire foam mattress, since it was issued to me and was 
also probably a good idea due to hygiene reasons. I walked over to the other cell, just as the other person from the opposite cell was doing the same. I wonder what they were thinking. No words were exchanged between us. As I came to grab the last of my items from the cell I was departing, no final words were exchanged between the cellmate I was leaving. This wouldn't be the last time I saw him. After all, we shared a floor together, which means there would be times that overlapped for us to be in the same spaces like Hofgang. At least we didn't have to tolerate being locked up for 22 hours each day in proximity to each other. Sounds like a win, at least for now. Well, hello, new cellmate. This cellmate seemed calmer. He was in his mid-40s and shared that he was into logistics and trucking. He also shared some details about his case and charges against him, as I did mine to the best of my ability. Still no translated arrest warrant to share more details. We managed to communicate between my broken German and his English. In times of desperation, we push ourselves and find a way. Our attempt to have deeper communication was like playing a game of charades. I picked up a few words in German, and he picked up a few words in English. I like this guy. Sure, it's too early to know, but I'll take that for now. The rest of the routine of the day went on. The hot meal of the day, Hofgang, which had me keeping my distance from the cellmate I just switched from shower time, and a book from the prison library, American Gods, by Neil Gaiman. I believe it was later that same afternoon or the following day, I received mail. It's important I elaborate on the way the mail system worked. Everything that arrived at the prison was screened, including the paper mail. Letters that were sent to me were fully screened by the prosecutor's office first before they were delivered. In other words, your letters were opened, read, and in some instances photocopied prior to you having a chance to read them, so there was zero privacy. The idea was quite simple. Since you were in pretrial detention, anything and everything that could be used to build a case file against you would be used, including certain things that were written in letters to you. Honestly, I was expecting it to be the translated version of the arrest warrant. It wasn't. The source of the letter was quite surprising to me. I was not expecting this. It was from my ex. Since the envelope was already opened, I hesitated to remove the letter from the envelope. The letter had an address from a gefengnis, or prison, in English which was in a nearby city called Heidelberg. This indicated to me that my ex was also likely in a similar situation to the one I was in. At the same time, I wasn't sure who or what to trust, so I was reading the letter with caution. I recognized the handwriting, which helped to tone down my level of suspicion. As I read through the letter, it basically stated that my ex was reaching out to me to let me know that she was in total shock of what was happening 
and that she wished the situation was different and hoped that I was in good health and good spirits. The other impression I received was that she wrote the letter to me to let me know that it was possible to maintain a basic level of communication with her. I had mixed feelings about that for several reasons, with one being that prior to the events of May 12, our communication had already been limited. My other reservations were around how our communication would be viewed by the courts in relation to everything that was happening. At the same time, I felt a sense of urgency to reply and acknowledge receiving her letter and to express my gratitude for her reaching out to me during this difficult time. This feels like a decision that should not be difficult to make. Maybe I am overthinking everything. Maybe the letter will not cause any further complications to this situation. There's only one way to find out. I just need to choose my words carefully. Dear X, Dear X,